0: are... Yeah, the, the, um, they can be a bit too strong. Too fruity. What is that? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. You ready? Ready. Hey, Waterpolo Stoke Nation. Uh Welcome to Waterpool Fit Podcast. Aaron uh, here, alongside Jimmy Falzon. Uh, welcome to the pod, Jimmy.
1: Thank you, mate. Did you practice that intro tonight?
0: No, just... Just rolled off good? the
1: tongue. It was good, it was good. <laughs> Stoke Nation, I like it. I like it.
0: Um, so a bit different today, Jimmy. Are uh, we flying solo tonight?
1: It's been a while since we haven't had a guest.
0: Yeah, we didn't do well in our first solo episodes, if I look at the what um,
1: listening rates wasn't very high hopefully've we got bet-
0: got better <laughs> yeah, all this will test it out be a good test. um but I think today's objectives is to well okay let's be honest we we had some fun we we we, we, um, we got some good good uh good people on the pod uh, we had some fun we chatted we laughed got
1: some good insights from them
0: good insights but I feel we need to serve the name and and you know, I, th- I feel like tonight we should really talk about about water polo fitness and uh, strength conditioning and just, yeah, shoot a bit of banter about and water polo. And strength
1: conditioning, especially for water polo, has changed a fair bit over the last, uh, last 10, 15, 20 years, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, and, and, and I mean the game's changed, so you would think a um, how we get ready for the game and um, how the game's played should, should have changed as well. So I thought today objectives would be to just provide a bit more value uh, when it comes to training and, 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 and hopefully open up this forum as well for people to ask questions. Uh, a lot of questions do, do, that we do get on Instagram are, well, some are sort of about personal uh, stuff, but most of them are about... um,
1: Yeah, people actually want to know what they can be doing yeah. to better serve themselves as water polo players and coaches. We get a lot from coaches too, don't we?
0: Totally, yeah. So it could be a bit of a zero um, pod, but...
1: Zero as as we can get.
0: Yeah, exactly. So see how we go.
1: But probably a good time for it too. Restrictions on um, the COVID situation are being restricted. You've seen over in Europe there's already clubs who are training. Um, Over here I think we're probably a little while off, people actually getting back in the water, but by being able to start training in groups of 10 or more, it's it's kind of time. Everyone's probably doing a little bit at home when it kind of suited them, but now's the time where... um, can really focus on put put a plan in place and actually focus on their development into the next season.
0: Well, and yeah, and people are getting itchy. I think uh, sitting stuck in their house, wondering what to do as well. So yeah, no, you're right.
1: I am. I'm getting excited about water polo again. Last week, I went for a um ocean ocean swim, and I was going back and forth up at Freshie. And when I got out. There are a couple of kids out the back with a water polo ball passing and I was contemplating getting changed and getting back in just to have a pass with them, but I thought, who's this weird old <laughs> bloke? Can't, <laughs> can't be up and try and have a swim with you."
0: It's always awkward yeah. when you get some old bloke coming in. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah.
1: No, hit me, hit me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, no, it's it's definitely um, exciting. Did you see the thing with the STRD, the uh, water is not dead? Yeah, Yeah, that's been huge.
1: Yeah, big, big, big. big. He's done it, but most of, in Europe, that's a big thing at the moment. A lot of them are doing those sort of posts and doing those. um, Huge in Malta at the moment.
0: James James Clark still thinks Estiati is overrated.
1: Mate, the guys, Estiati played in the Spanish national team for 23 years. 20 of those he was captain. Crazy. He scored something like 1,500 goals for, for Spain. 127 of them were in an Olympics.
0: Uh, it's uh, absolutely freak, but not according to Clarkey. Not
1: according to Clarkie. Um Maren, this is your area of expertise, strength and conditioning. Um, first of all, can you give us a bit of background into, into you, into how you got into strength and conditioning, how you transitioned from an athlete into a um, – mobile phone seller and then into uh
0: <laughs> that's right about that. there was a surf shop there for a while oh general yes. pants as well yeah. um yeah so jimmy for me uh obviously we been known each other for a long time and i've always been curious about um how we do things and 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 i was i think for me even from a young age like i was kind of like obsessed with you know if you put into work you get better you know, yep. so if you want to get faster, you swim. If you want to get stronger, you push weights. Yep. So that was kind of the start of it. And yep. the whole science or biology, I guess, whatever you want to call it, was quite fascinating to me. So I was quite curious.
1: As you were doing that, did you get kind of frustrated or when, you, when you're doing that and going, I want to get better, so I'm just going to get in the gym, did that kind of frustrate you? Yeah. You?
0: So that was the big thing. Like that was one of the, I guess, big question marks. I remember one season um, – which you still see it around, I thought, you know, I want to have a big season. So I went to the gym to get bigger, like, and you know, I wanted to really put on size. So I got on the weights, I was eating lots, you know, I was, I was doing all the stuff that you do to put on size. Um, and I got bigger, I did get stronger in the gym. But then when we came to the pre-season or summer comp, um, nothing really changed. If anything, I felt worse, like I lost all my mobility, I felt sluggish, um, I just didn't feel good. So it was kind of like, well, I put in this hard effort and I trained really hard in, in off-season in the gym but never really translated into the water. Yep. So that was a kind of a like big kind of like, well, why is this? Why all the stuff I'm doing in the gym yep. not really showing at all yep. in the water? Yeah. Um So, for me, um, in that particular off-season as well, it was the first time, I've been pretty lucky with my injuries, but it was the first time I kind of got a bit of a shoulder thing uh, and it was due to doing too much bench press. Back in the day, it was all about bench press, so your strength was measured on how strong you are.
1: Well, we used to, the testing used to be bench press, squats, and... Bench pull? I think we did do bench pull, yeah. They They were probably the three main ones.
0: Yeah so for me um, that injury was kind of a bit of a like, call oh, you know a bit of a setback as well so like and it was probably the first off season i, I was i was kind of working on my legs like squatting uh, a lot at a time i didn't know what i was doing really i know i was i wasn't doing it properly from what I want now, now i, I realized i wasn't doing it properly so it wasn't till um, i guess you know, a few months later, a few seasons later, uh, one of our teammates—I'm not going to mention his name because he'll—he'll—he'll he'll, um, he'll just love it too much. What does it rhyme with? Um, mammal. See mammal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he—he um, he got me a TRX for my birthday, and uh, I kind of got really into it. And
1: before TRX, he got you a trigger point ball, didn't
0: he? Oh, here we go. Yeah. He, he <laughs> okay. Did he or did he not? Is this becoming his show again? <laughs> Okay, well, the story behind it is I remember going to the gym with Tim Hamill and uh, he had this really weird ball thing and a foam roller thing. And at a time, you got to remember, no one had foam rollers. It was like, did not exist it. So I rocked up to the gym and he's like, mate, this is the best. Like, just sit on this ball. So I trusted him. So I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting <laughs> on this ball and it's hurting like anything. And everyone's looking around. It's like, what's this bloke doing? And... Like I won't lie Like there was okay. part of me Going like He's G me up This is a G up Like I'm just like This can't hurt this much But
1: He did get you a few stings In, in uh, his time
0: Oh yes, For sure I was very trustworthy With my Balmain teammates Anyway Another pod However um, Yeah like and It was a f- You know like the And and you know This probably fits into this part As well Like you know, Tim was the first one To um Introduce me to uh Trigger point ball And, and, and Fine rollers And He did actually, um, he did a course with the founder of a trigger point foam roller and commando from Biggest Loser. So, you know, not many people know this, but, you know, Tim was probably one of three, uh, first three Australians to, you know, experience a foam roller. Um, And... Anyhow. Um,
1: this was probably at the time when he was playing in the national team and around world champs.
0: He, that's exactly the time. And, and also Tim was at a time doing a bit of corporate wellness stuff, like yeah, a lot yeah. of um, uh, helping, I guess, people with injuries and, you know, well, healthy. I guess
1: now you call it corporate wellness. At the time then it was rehab and it was getting people back yeah. to. Yeah,
0: back to totally. That. Um so anyway, that was that was the trigger point stuff and uh I f- fortunately, fortunately I don't know what, what it is, but yeah, team also introduced me to uh, T R X. So I got I got pretty obsessed with T R X um bodyweight training and So you kind
1: of went from heavy weights, big bench, big um big squats to suddenly now just yeah. straps hanging from a wall and body weight.
0: Yeah, well uh, and to step it back a bit, um I was like kind of frustrated at a time, like why am I getting strong in a gym and pulling some pretty good numbers at a time, it just did not happen and plus I'm carrying injuries and, and you know I went on a YouTube of all yeah. places and I came across um, a coach and he still coaches, his name is Peter Twist and he was at a time coaching a lot of NHL ice hockey players mm-hmm and what he was doing in his videos was training all these uh nhl hockey players on swiss balls trx kettlebells bands cables like a lot of that sort of um i guess functional training stuff and 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 i remember watching the video and i was like well you know like ice hockey is unique environment like as in to play on ice there's a bit of friction water yeah it's not the same but it's a different environment then.
1: Well, it is the same ones, just a frozen matter of the.
0: There you go. Well, let's not get all sciencey <laughs> on this pod. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it wasn't the same environment as land. I guess that's yeah. my point, and <laughs> that's my. And um, yeah, so I changed all my training. Like basically hardly any barbell. It was body weight, suspension trainer, kettlebells, which were pretty new back then as well. So um, um, and. To, again, backtrack, it. when I put in a big off-season in a gym, I put on, like, I think I got up to 98 kilos. Like, I'm 86 kilos. Because yeah,
1: what's your fighting weight?
0: Yeah, well, 86, 86 would be my check. fit fighting okay. weight. So I was 98, and I just, like, did not feel good at all. Uh, but at a time, again, um, size was meant to be strength. Um, so I changed my weight of training, and, yeah, like, I, I lost quite a bit of weight, so I went back to my normal weight. But I felt better i felt stronger i was swimming quicker and um and yeah like all my injuries niggles were gone as well so that was kind of the first aha moment without knowing what i know now the science yeah. and why it happened but it was fascinating that's kind of what put me on this pathway of going well you know traditional strength training is not the best way to go for water polo athletes if you're looking to perform as water polo players
1: so I guess now that that's kind of your background where how you've kind of got to that phase where you were kind of interested and curious, what, what would you say now is kind of your basic principles of strength and conditioning? Now, I want to start with holistically from uh, a general athlete, maybe a weekend warrior, and then how that then applies into water polo because obviously you work with a lot of broad athletes, but let's do that first and then delve into water polo.
0: Yeah, like... um. I mean, it's a really good question, and, and to be honest, Jimmy, like, um, what are you just playing social grade, or what are you playing for Olympics? My approach is probably the same in a sense. I just want you to be healthy. Um, like, I, I sort of had this idea a few years ago about, um, I guess, holistic athlete, a holistic water polo player, and what, what made me think of that, like, I guess, was I was also as a fan, like, seeing these you know boys and girls that you know, do one Olympics or two Olympics and they, they finish due to injury. Or even like, you know, I think about even now, like we have such a good talent of players, but most of the Olympics, when you speak to the guys, they always play with some sort of injury. They're not at 100%. So that kind of made me sort of curious. Well, why is that? Why should, That's not right. A, we shouldn't use, lose young talent due, yeah. due to injuries and B, yep. uh, durability of a player should be um, much longer. So, um, to answer your question, yes, like my approach is always being, you know, making sure you're healthy, the healthy human. If you think about it, everything created equal, the healthy, happy athlete is going to do better. Um, So, you know, if you're not enjoying your water polo, if you're not enjoying your training, well, you're not going to do well. So, that's kind of the emotional side of it, you know. Um, If you're not looking after your sleep, whether you're playing sixth grade, sixth grade, or playing Olympics, well, you know you're not you're going to be you know over training, under recovering um, if you're not eating well. And then lastly, if you're training totally opposite to your sport, well, you're not going to get um, the results.
1: Does it help to have a purpose? So, when someone's training, and I originally used to be very into your goal setting, making sure that there's targets, both short term, long term how important is it for anyone training to actually have those those goals and targets? And I call it a purpose.
0: No, I think it's huge. And, and you know, like, it's not our opinion. It's obviously there's a lot of research about it. Uh, for me, uh, 99 was my first junior world champs, as in that was probably the biggest goal in my water polo career to go to play junior world champs. And um, I remember it um, for me... Um, anyway, again, back then I was seventeen. Um, I was into the, yeah, setting goals, and I remember I was just printing out uh, a big picture of um, uh, like a water polo players. There was just like a stock image yeah. with a uh, Kuwait ninety nine, and I stuck it on my ceiling. So every time I woke up at four thirty on winter's morning, that's the first thing I would see to get me out of the bed and remind me why I'm doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, goals are huge. Um, I mean that's what motivates you, and it's funny. Like you hear it now from all the athletes, even Tyler last week. Like once you just not have goal, it makes it much harder to get up and do yeah. what we did.
1: Yeah, so and, uh, and you can break that down. You can have your long term goal of I want to run a marathon, I want to go to Olympics, I want to do X Y Z. But you need your short term goals as well. You need your little wins. I liked how last week Tyler said that the first thing when he wakes up, he does the hardest thing possible has a little win from the start that works from a work perspective but even from a training perspective it's important
0: so for me um uh, and even now with my clients and stuff that monday morning was my win so monday i always said monday morning is your most important session no matter what no matter how hard the session is you got to show up to monday morning because if you do your monday morning session well you one up you're plus one so your week hasn't even started you haven't gone to uni. You haven't got to school yet, but you're already one up in your session. And then down the track, if you're really tired, if you need to sleep, and well, you can afford to do it because you've done your Monday morning plus one type of thing. If you miss the Monday morning, well, you can't. Like it's 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 you're playing catch up basically straight away. Yep. And and Monday was always the hardest one to get up to after the weekend. So
1: always is. Uh. So when we're talking about. <laughs> The different types of training. Um, now, I want to get a little bit specific. I want to talk about if we're a junior athlete or a junior club, what kind of equipment should they be investing in? Um, let's start as an individual, then maybe as a, uh, young clubs. Yeah,
0: so um, look, I, I, I'm straight up, you know, obviously I've been involved with a TRX or special trainer for a very long time, and reason why um, I'm so into that tool is because it's such a great tool, not just to um, uh, make things harder, but also to deal with your body weight to teach you how to move proper. So, mm-hmm. um, I will, you know, in my, my toolkit, I guess, um, I would definitely suggest suspension trainer. And also a good thing about TRX is it's only one piece of kit you need and you can do so much. You can make the things harder. You can make things easy. You can do mobility. You know, you can do uh, obviously your core training, strength training, endurance training, whatever you want to do. It's live with that one piece of kit and you can take it anywhere. Yep. Um, obviously, foam roller, trigger point ball. Um, I, I think are important for your recovery and your warm ups. Uh, bands. I'll, I always like the bands for your activation. And also, you can get creative with your band. And then, you know, um, and it, I mean, that's probably the order. I will sort of purchase things. Um, then if you've got a budget and, and all the rest of it, I'll probably go with a, um, a kettlebell yep. uh, because, again, same thing. You can do so much more. And then for those that might have seen it on, on, on Instagram, um, I also am a big fan of the Viper, which is a big rubber tube um, that you can use and you can do a whole lot of stuff. So that's kind of my toolkit, ultimate toolkit. Yep. All that said, you know, you don't need much. Know you can do a lot with just body weight.
1: I guess I asked that because when a lot of us, when we were growing up, coaches would say before before each training session, you'd do your arm swings, you'd do a little bit of mobility, then eventually you'd move into doing a more dynamic warm up, and then inevitably, coaches would go right now. We're going to do our push up pyramid. We're going to do our squat pyramid. We're going to do our um, crunches, our our squats how how should that evolve how could it because obviously you have usually got junior athletes for a cer- certain period during the week you might have three hour and a half sessions so you're going to dedicate a little bit of that to to what would traditionally be your, your strength work what how do you evolve that
0: okay so I'll, I'll take a step a bit uh step back a bit so um well two things um for water polo, like if you think about movements in water polo, majority of the movements are done in um, in rotation. And so from egg bit of kick, your ankles are rotating, your hips are rotating. Mm-hmm. When you're swimming, you're rotating. Um, there's a lot of rotation going on. When you're on.
1: shooting, your arms, your yep. body, your torso, everything, to your wrist, to your fingers. Is rotation, right. Yep. So
0: um, so you know, like we, we are definitely a three D athletes and we move in through space in, in, in three planes of motion versus someone like a, a rower who is essentially in a sagittal plane just moves in one plane of motion. Yeah. So on that, um, my training, my warm-up, everything is priming those joints to do what I meant to do and to do it the best ability. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, whoever designed our body was a pretty smart person or whatever you want to call it. Because if you look at your body, and how it's designed, your ankles are designed to rotate. So, you know, if you wiggle your ankles around, it moves through, through three, 3D. three mm-hmm. Next joint up is a knee, which is a hinge a joint. And knee only really does one thing, kind of flex and extends. Next one up after that is hip flex. Uh, sorry, it's a hip, which is a ball and socket. It also rotates around. Then you got your lower back, which is sort of a hinge or stability. Mm-hmm. Then you got thoracic spine, which is mobility. Scaps are stability. Shoulders are mobility. So you got this pattern There's of a pattern here, isn't there? Yeah. So you got this pattern of stability, uh, mobility, and stability. Right. Yep. Now with this pattern, if something's not doing its job properly, um, someone else is going to try to make it up. So if you think about a common injuries in water polo, knee is a pretty common injury, right? And one of the things that um, I encourage everyone, not just water polo athletes, but train bare feet and you know my go to line with water polo athletes is like you don't play water polo with shoes whip your shoes off train your ankles train your foot because and hopefully I, I got some videos on hard drive when we can when we filmed goalkeepers from Rio um, underwater and, and just to see what ankle does so if you wear shoes all the time and you don't pay attention to your ankles when you do a whole lot of egg beater your knee is going to start wanting to make up for the lack of movement it'll start rotating and that's when you sort of start having some knee issues um so you know like the knee mobility um sorry the the ankle mobility is huge part of it so it's like you know in your in my programming like i always kind of think of uh, i split up my body and uh, my big three are your ankle hip and thoracic spine so i make sure i um lengthen those then strengthen them um so, it's not like for me, it's always been well, not, I'm not gonna put a bunch of exercises together to make you tired. everything's gotta serve the purpose mm-hmm. um do you wanna talk about programming straight up or yeah, yeah let's get straight so into yeah, my, my my program is obviously involved um a lot, uh and I'm gonna try to keep it not too crazy but Hopefully, people understand and, and, and understand the thought process. So,
1: first of all, what what should the balance be? If you're talking about a, a water polo athlete, what should their split be in terms of how much time should they be spending in the water? How much time should they be um, working on their mobility? I know this is probably yeah. part of the program, but I just want to give a bit of context to start with.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really up to individual. I, I think my, because of water polo and We spend a lot of time in the water. Ideally, you spend a lot of time in the water. I uh, I think the purpose of a good strength conditioning program is to make you durable so that you don't injure yourself and you get most out of performance. It's... Yeah, the strength conditioning program will get you strong. However, I'm a big believer you're going to get strong playing water polo and the wrestling part of it and kind of being really technical. Um, And the reason why I say that and... You know, like we all know, guys in a they're really strong in a gym. We had teammates that are super strong in the gym on the bench press, on, and then we also had teammates that were really weak in the gym. Mm-hmm. But then you put those people in the water, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was my one. My, you know, going back to the start of this pod, like why is it? You know, and I'll, I'll drop names, like you know, like a Gavin Woods in a gym. Sorry, Gav, useless, absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. But if you play Gav, or if you've seen him play, he wrestles and dominates some of the best in the world, mm. you know, so it's like...
1: It's like you're in a vice when he's holding you. Yeah,
0: and it's like, you know, and, and, and I'm sure everyone that's listening has got examples and hopefully it's not you that's a strong guy in the gym, but we go in the water. Don't worry, we'll help you out. Um, but, yeah, like, the, they're not very strong in the gym yet. They're um, um And, you know, I mean, you, Jimmy, you were never really being into the gym yet, you know, you had ama- amazing legs and you're a fast swimmer and... You know, I think your levers, your technique was very good and that's what made you strong. So um, so I think I think that's what, like, you know, you want to spend a lot of time on technique or in the water, but then when a good strength conditioning coach, you'll come in and say, like, well, um, you know, James, like, uh, you know, you seem to be dropping your hips a lot, you know, like, and a and, and, and coach, traditional coach, would will be like, oh, you know, keep your hips up, you know, how many times did I tell you, but it could be the structural thing it could be that you actually your ankle mobility is not letting you be efficient to get your hips up you know to be able to defend you know so it's not always players athletes being um, lazy or not listening it's it's structurally they're not be able to do it and that's where I think the good strength conditioning coach will come in and kind of look at the patterns out of the water and then see if they can you know replicate it into the water yep programming right, we're jumping all over the place yeah so programming, um, yeah, so my program is obviously involved and, and, and where, where my head its head is at now, um, I think the first thing uh, I want to do my, where I'm working with an athlete or where I'm working with a team is uh, get them focused and drop all anxiety. Uh, so I think I mentioned in this pod before, one of my favourite things is to play the clap game. You know, So that's kind of the first thing I would do. Um,
1: can you just explain the clap? The game clap game is so
0: easy. It's basically you in a circle, and there's a ball going around. Ideally, it's like a really light ball, and all you got to do is clap before you catch the ball. If you don't clap before you catch, you got to do a burpee, or got to do a squat, or go for a run, whatever. You can get faked out. So if I do a balk and you and you, and you clap and I don't throw it, you're out as well. Yeah. And so it's fun, you know. And and but the science part of the game is there's only one thing you can focus when you're playing in the game. So you can't focus on um, your girlfriend dumping you or whatever. Like, uh, y- you can only focus on clapping and catching the game. So that's number one. I'm, I'm getting you focused on task, on being present. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, eyes. I'm trying to, you know, switch on your eyes, get you alert, getting you ready to, to the game. To, to, to for the training. And then number three, um, It's pretty hard not to have fun, so you you laugh like most guys and girls. When you play this, you start giggling, you're laughing, the ball hits someone in the head and whatever. So with laughing and smiling, the anxiety drops. And again, the studies about as soon as you start smiling, your anxiety drops. So that's kind of my number one. Now, you don't have to play the game. Um, You can do some breath work. You can do some juggling. Um, You know, so if you don't have a team, if you're training by yourself, do some juggling, bounce the ball. So that's kind of what I usually definitely always start with. Um, After that, um, I go with uh, mobility. So obviously start with uh, lengthening and I work through all the joints, so ankle, uh, hip, thoracic spine. Uh, From lengthening, we do strengthening, so we'll do our core. Now the interesting fact about core training that I do, um, I do train like I guess your traditional planks, um, but I only hold those planks for 10 seconds and then I would...
1: Why is that? You see some people holding it for like two, three minutes. Why only ten?
0: So if you geek out and research, um, well, okay, so defining the core, without going to rabbit hole, the, the core, my definition of core is everything attached to spine. Now, uh, around spine, there's a lo- lot of little fine, tiny muscles, right? And according to research, those muscles fatigue really quickly and they support your spine. And they can only last up to eight to ten seconds before um their fatigue and before your global muscles take over so your you know shoulders hips glutes or whatever um so um that's number one so he's like you, you, i want to train those muscles so the global muscles don't fatigue so i will do something like 10 seconds on five seconds off six to eight times and also um Athletes is all about patterns and pulsing, right? So if you're playing water polo, you're never like really stiff for a really long time, right? It's always on, off, on, off, on, off. So we're also trying to teach your body how to switch on and then switch off. Yeah. Um, it's probably uh, for another part, but we talk about increasing power. Yeah. That's really important to be able to like switch on, like create this like um, stiffness in your in, in your core mm-hmm. so you can create power to, you know, throw the ball in. Um to use a tennis analogy again, when you're serving the ball, when you want to hit the ball really hard, yep. you know, you throw the ball, you relax, and then on the impact, you squeeze, so you kind of like um, create a tension, and then you relax, to, you know, yep. whilst you follow through. So, yep. you know, throwing the ball and everything's the same. So this isn't
1: like if you're turning and crunching and going into a counterattack with a big, be- kick like that that's the same kind of thing you're, you're tensing and then releasing right yeah
0: so i'm trying to teach your body to switch on switch off now if you want to hold the plane for 30 seconds 45 seconds not a problem however just you know keep in mind that you're not training the core muscles you're training more those global muscles which they also serve the purpose but just i guess know the rules before you break the rules yeah. Um, So after uh, core, um, I generally will uh, design my program, which is usually done on movement rather than just muscle groups. So uh, going back on what we spoke about, three planes of motion of your ankle, hip, thoracic spine. uh, The three planes of motions are your sagittal plane, which is your um, uh, backwards and forwards, your frontal plane, which is your side to side, and your transversal plane, which is your rotation. So... You know, you can do a, uh, a squat in all three planes of motion if you be creative. So, uh, I generally, when I design my programs, I think about planes of motions. I think about um, unloaded movements and loaded movements. Um, what do you mean by that? So, loaded movements would be... So, I mean, uh, I'm going to give all the secrets. But I essentially use... My template essentially, I got four quadrants. So, I got my loaded linear... So it's loaded, linear means like your bench press, your uh, back squat, deadlift, traditional stuff. Uh, Then the next quadrant, i got my unloaded linear, which is your push-ups, pull-ups, TRX exercises. Um, Then the bottom bottom, uh, left, I will have 3D loaded. Now that's all the funky stuff that you might have seen on the gram. That's when I use a viper or dumbbells and that's when we move in 3D. Yep. With load. So I might have a dumbbell and I might step to the side and reach towards my ankle. So yep. my hip and thoracic spine are rotating. Yep. And then I've got my 3D unloaded, which is basically like a yoga movements, animal flow, um, yep. kind of body weight, 3D, twisty, bendy movements, uh, kick-throughs. Again, um, they're kind of my go-tos with unloaded. I'm sure there's stuff on the gram as well.
1: So it kind of sounds like the last two are probably the ones that are really beneficial for water polo, right?
0: Totally. And... And the problem with only sticking one quadr- quadrant, so e.g. if you stick in just loaded linear, which most of us have done, yep. the problem with that is if you're really strong in one plane of motion, generally you're going to be weak in the other two planes of motion, which leads to injury. And then on top of that, if you talk about holistic water polo player, you've got to think about also what you do out of the water. So if you're sitting down as a student at work, you are in the sagittal plane. So if you're sitting down all day long, you go to the gym and you work in the sagittal plane. Well, you're just strengthening that um, the sagittal plane, which makes you really weak and makes it really hard for you to be strong in that three in a transversive and a frontal plane, which is water polo. Yeah. Cool.
1: So that's kind of the, your program. So you'll build a program around those kind of four planes, and you'll work from from mobility right the way. So right the way through core into strength, and then how important recovery is recovery? It was part of a strengthening. Yeah. Program. So
0: um, recovery again. You know, uh, I think this part is do as we say, not as we did. Yep. Um, you know, like uh, I know for us, it was you know, we would get each other out and, you know, a bit too similar to, I guess, what Tyler and AJ were talking about. You know, is their friendship. is like, you know, you're a bit tired and you're like, no, no, don't be soft. Let's go, let's go push a bit harder, push harder. And it was always going hard, hard, hard. Um, so traditionally, you used to over-train and under-recover. Now, uh, if you're doing that all the time, well, your body's going to just not be able to deal with it. And that's, again, yeah. where injuries happen, a plateau, or not plateau, but like you're just going to, I guess your stoke tank will get drained, so you just lose motivation. Um, So it's... Recovery is so important, and and the saying now, it's, you know, we used to train to recover, recover. but now it's recover to train. train. So, like, earn your right to train hard um, versus other way around. Um, And with water pool, it's really tricky, right, because, you know, and this is for young athletes to think about if you're playing your school water polo your club group water polo and then you play national league and then your national team there's quite a, quite a bit of training going on so you need to figure out either um, what you're going to drop or you just got to really bump up your recovery mm. so one of the things that you know I'm trying to get better as a coach and something I think about when I write programs is not just write you a training program but also write your recovery program and traditionally, you know, when we played, it was like, okay, we'll just have a tri- you know, protein shake and roll out. But that yeah. just not doesn't do it, right? So the good strength training program will have your obviously your loading phase yeah. or your like, loading days, but also have your um, recovery. So, you know, that could be like a, a light swim, yeah. a massage, a yoga, a hot bath, cold bath. Um, game of tennis. Game of tennis, yeah, like a, something really light and just something that um, – it's really going to kind of unload your body, and then you know sleep, food, hydration, huge as well. Um, and I'll probably add, you know, something that when we play wasn't really popular, but now it's really important because the studies meditation, uh, your mind as well. So unloading your mind as well.
1: And what do you do for meditation?
0: So I think like a lot of people, um, meditation is something that's really hard to get into. Um, so for me, I, I have struggled to meditate, and my goal for this year is to learn how to meditate. So in the past, uh, I have used some apps. So like uh, for listeners, Headspace is a good app. Um, Waking Up is a very good app. Uh, Oak is a good app as well. There's a couple of good apps on your on your on your phone, Apple so you can use to kind of get you into it. But one thing that I've been practicing and it's something that works really well is just breath work. So mm, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, so, so breath work, um, box breathing is kind of a really classic one and really easy one. So it's really simple, box breathing. It's basically you, you're trying to breathe through a diaphragm, you breathe through your nose. So um, the classic one is 4-4-4-4. Four, 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 four. So you, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, and you hold your breath for four seconds. And you would do that for... Um, or anywhere, well ideally for five minutes but the studies have shown that even if you do it for a minute it's going to drop your anxiety and put you in that kind of rest and digestive um.
1: well it straight away makes you present but on the other side it also increases your lung capacity right
0: oh yeah well definitely uh, so diaphragm or diaphragmatic breeding is something that's also been quite interesting and, and a fair few people are starting to research it uh, I'm not sure if you remember a few years ago or a long time ago when um Grant Hackett There was a picture of Grant Hackett Jumping out of the Ocean And It was a bad timing It looked like he had a massive gut mm. And um, Media sort of caught on Twitter And it was like They were saying How like Oh you know Grant Hackett It's you know He's out to Olympics like, No it was like a few months To out to Olympics He's overweight He's not fit But what media didn't know Is like And what Maybe Greg Hacker didn't know at the time, I'm sure he did. Like a lot of the lead athletes, they're, they're really efficient breathing through a diaphragm. So they breathe through a stomach essentially rather than shallow chest breathing. And you see it in like fighters, um, you know, like uh, when they breathe through the nose, when you, you see someone's mouth open, obviously they're, they're, they're tired. So, you know, breathing through your tummy or your stomach, it's, or breathing through a diaphragm, you know, you're going to be more, way more efficient. It's going to put you in more, way more of a um, parasympathetic state. So less stress state, uh, so you can perform better and you know deal with the pressure better. Then, shallow breathing when you're breathing through your chest um, is their sympathetic, their kind of fight or flight, which is not ideal if you want to you know be efficient in your sport. So,
1: and I guess with that, with breathing work, with meditation, do you have a routine that you kind of stick to? Do you have a routine that you try and obviously with athletes who have so many different um, I guess pressures on them different trainings different work different uni different uni schedules all that kind of thing but what what do you try and instill in it in terms of a routine
0: yeah so for over the last sort of 12 months um with my clients my sort of i train a lot of obviously ceos and in i call them intellectual athletes we've been with damn and myself, I use um, a, a root band and I basically measure my HRV, which stands for heart variability. Now, if you don't have a root, if you have an Apple Watch, you can actually go on your health app and pull that um, measurement out. In short, um, that's basically how stressed you are. So mm-hmm. the reason I'm saying that is like, the reason what I would br- do my breath work is to basically drop my stress and get myself in... A, in in, in uh, increase my readiness so I can put a load in my body so I can train harder and, 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 and do, you know, go on with the day. So breath work in the morning uh, generally is going to put you in a bit of a, um, you know, again, the uh parasympathetic state so rest and digestive state when you're more uh, anabolic.
1: Do you have a standard time you wake up? I guess before you even get into the breath work, do you have a...
0: Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so, so for me, obviously, I start... Now with Corona, I've been starting at um, uh, 7 o'clock, so I like to get up about... And I've been waking up without an alarm clock at just quarter to six. So I guess my morning routine, and and again, everyone's different, you're going to play with it, and this is maybe a little bit um, deep, but uh, I would definitely recommend it to young athletes. So I try not to use my phone. Uh, And as soon as I wake up, I try not to jump on my Instagram. I try not to jump on my emails. I actually try to just kind of pause and kind of get my mind right. So meaning what I mean by that is like just, you know, what am I grateful for? Just, you know, things to kind of essentially just get my stoked tank full straight off the bat rather than maybe opening my Instagram or opening my email and seeing something that's going to upset me and just basically put me straight in a, in a, in a, in a crappy state of mind. So I will start with, um, I guess, gratitude and just – it's basically the play is just to put you in a in a, in a, in a happier place. From then, I'll do my breath work. So I'll just kind of, even if it's a minute, just kind of get get my breathing, box breathing in. And then honestly, it takes five minutes. It takes no time, right? Uh, and then I would, you know, like, um, you know, get on my phone and do the traditional thing. I'll probably, you know, scroll to my Instagram and whatever. Um, I always like to start. And again, what I do is what I recommend athletes to do as well is the first thing I put in my body, so uh, the first thing I put in my mind was positive. The first thing I want to put in my body, I want it to be bo- uh, positive and something that's, that's that's good for me. So I tried to hydrate my body. Um, so traditionally, you know, um, and again, athletes are not as bad, young athletes are not as bad, but, you know, traditionally people have coffee. Now, coffee is great. Uh, I'm a big, big um, supporter of coffee. However, coffee can dehydrate you. Oh, sorry, it does dehydrate you. So... Ideally, you want, to put, you want to hydrate your tissue before you um, dehydrate it. So, from a morning hydration, and um, uh, I stole this from the book uh, that you're reading in the moment. Um, Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus, uh, Own the Day, I Own think the it's day. called. Yep. So, he talks about a morning cocktail, uh, which is basically 300 ml of water, 3 grams of Himalayan organic salt, lemon, And idea is that salt, lemon, water is just gonna hydrate your tissue. Now I tweaked my recipe a little bit. And please, like this is you know, you got this is my own thing, you gotta experiment yourself. But I had on top of that, I had collagen. Um, and also depending if I'm training or how much I'm training, I'll put some creatine. Now, creatine is great for um um obviously putting energy in your cells for ATPs and obviously good for muscle growth. But also the studies have shown that uh, creatine is good for um, your your head, your dome as well. So it's nootropic, so it kind of gets you a bit more sharper. cognitively. and also with creatine, if you decide to that creatine, part, of, one of the things that creatine does is retains water, which I'm happy with. So you need to drink more water so you get, your tissue is way more hydrated. So that's kind of my morning cocktail morning routine and then i'll follow with a coffee and walk and then off i go in my you know programming running sessions and therefore for athletes um again depends what time you everyone's gonna be different but i would definitely recommend you know you click put your mind a a fuzzy frame mind maybe add your goals so what we spoke about earlier like just remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing um and yeah, hydrate your tissue, and then if you need, you know, need to have a coffee or whatever before training, have your coffee. Uh, on this, I would definitely not recommend you take pre-workout because that's just gonna mess you up. Nice, just good. so much information.
1: Mate, that's good. Okay, so they call you the, the they call you the strength and conditioning whisperer. <laughs> so, like, you've worked with you worked with West when they won a championship. You've worked with Uni New South Wales, the girls' team, when they did pretty well. You've worked with Dremoyne. They're now one of the top men's clubs. What clubs are doing strength and conditioning and mobility well?
0: Um, look, all those clubs that I've worked have, you know, I've been very lucky because everyone that worked wanted to be there. So they were keen to listen, explore, and they trusted me. Um, so... That obviously makes it easier. Um, the, you know, like, again, I can't really pick one. Um, but, you know, Balmain, I know it's our club. Um, I've been really impressed with those guys. Um, just the attitude. Uh, and, again, Balmain's close to a heart. But just the, the attitude um, last year and, uh, you know, how they showed up. And to be honest, Jimmy, like, you know, their motivation was so high. Um, you know, I would explain my principles, I'll, I'll set, the, set the stage and they will do it. I will never had to um, push anyone or, you know, give them motivational speech. They were a pretty motivated bunch of guys. So, um, you know, like, but, you know, I, it's like every every club I worked with, the, the guys were unreal. So
1: And I guess in terms of, cause that's the players and them being motivated. As a club, what, what should they be doing to put things in place to allow for a good strength and conditioning program?
0: Um, yeah, good question. I, I think, um, um, look, the, 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 I think if you look at the most successful clubs in the recent years, they have had a good strength conditioning program. Um, so I think you need to put something in place. Uh, I think the club, like a good strength conditioning program for clubs, the strength conditioning coach needs to work with the head coach. Yep. That's a really big one. So... A that our head coach and strength conditioning coach are on the same side. What
1: well, should be a given, right?
0: Yeah, but it happens. You yeah. know, like I've seen it, and you know, it, water polo is maybe not so bad. But I've seen in other sports when strength conditioning coaches have tried to justify their job and kind of earn their keep, yeah. and kind of like, um, you know, they they, they they kind of punish and push the guys really hard yep. in their gym sessions, and then and I've seen the rugby league. That's a mm-hmm. sport that I can think of it's top of my head, and then they go to the they go to the you know head coach and field stuff and they get punished there and it's like it some kind of battle of the egos and mm. so I think uh, a good strength conditioning program or team your head coach and a strength conditioning coach and a physio um, they all need to be on the same page um, so and, and you know like it's it's hard to do but it's not impossible I think uh, traditionally we've done strength conditioning coaches as centre forwards goalies and drivers all do the same stuff. Which is not really fair. So I try to kind of um, divvy up the group. So I try to kind of, I guess, guys are doing quite a lot. So guys in the national team, they'll probably do more mobility type stuff. And mm-hmm. um, Center forwards and goalies will probably do a lot more mobility, hip mobility stuff. Mm-hmm. And then your drivers and, you know, more mobile guys will do, you know, more of an all round program do you do much wrestling
1: with athletes or i know you've gone into you've done a fair bit of training in mixed martial arts how do you bring much of that in do you recommend teams going down that path and doing wrestling
0: yeah so i I discovered um mma and jiu-jitsu post water polo Uh, for me personally i really struggled to find something post water polo that's going to keep me motivated and keep me healthy so i came across jiu-jitsu and To be honest, like I wish I came across jiu-jitsu when I played water polo. Reason why I love jiu-jitsu, and this is a bit of a hack, um, uh, grip strength. You know, like the jiu-jitsu, it teaches your grip strength really well. It also teaches you movement, so, you you know, problem solving. So sometimes when you're wrestling in a water polo, you know, someone's grabbed you, naturally you would want to push away, where sometimes the exit is actually pulling towards them or, you know, using their body weight to go around and sometimes the obvious way to get out of it is not the obvious door, you got to go around. So jiu-jitsu kind of teaches you that. So to answer your question, yes, uh, I'm a massive fan of wrestling and grappling.
1: That's so important, but the, but the way you were talking about before, the push and pull on the side, and more in water polo, it's so important. Totally. Because and if and you can get someone going in one direction, you keep, you know, that way you go the other, it's so hard to defend.
0: There is a video on our Instagram page with bowman guys doing... Uh, wrestling training which was a lot of wrist and a lot of stuff you explain um and you know like going back to my curiosity when i was a athlete like i could swim for days swimming was one of my strengths i could swim like i never had problems swimming however if i uh, if you got me in the center back or you got me to drive in post up whatever like i'll be cooked yeah like yeah. so i was like the monkey would jump on the back so that was like well why is that happening mm. right and, you know, the answer to that is, like, I was so good at being efficient and going in a straight line mm. and and not so efficient with wrestling part mm. of it. So, and it, the, my best seasons was when we had a coaches that made us wrestle.
1: And that's why I love those sessions where you, you sw- I hated them at the time, but you're swimming and wrestling and you're actually, you're incorporating water pilot into swim sets.
0: Nah, totally. And one thing I'll say with wrestling, so, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you, you, you want to get into it or if you're a... Someone who wants to get into strength conditioning for water polo just um just keep in mind that like it, it can be high injury risk as well. So don't get excited. So just you know I always like give a little bit of a little bit of um. It's like kids, you know, like most guys love wrestling, so most water polo guys love wrestling. So I give them bits of it to kind of get the taste, get enough, yep. I guess poison. But you don't want to do too much because it can cause injury. And, and especially if you're thinking about joining a jiu-jitsu or an MMA type gym, definitely go for it. But probably something you can do in off-season. Yep. And just, you know, be you got to check your ego at the door because, you know, you can injure yourself in, in that sport, especially you're going from land, from water to land as well. However, it does. I think, I'm a huge believer that it translates well. Who are the
1: best athletes, water polo athletes that you've worked with in terms of strength and conditioning who comes in with the best attitude who's the who, who's the best on on land
0: that uh, to me um most satisfying athletes that i worked with uh you know it's it's easy once to say it's like it's once that want to help themselves but you know always for me as a coach it was always like you know judge me by my worst athlete not my best athlete so you know if you get someone let's um Who's a good example? Like, um, well, like, you know, like, uh, actually, you know, Blake Edwards, for example. Blake moves really well in the gym. He's unreal, right? And, yeah, I can help Blake with some mobility stuff and rehab stuff, but, like, you know, you're not going to make a huge, you know, like anyone can work with Blake and he's still going to be good.
1: Yeah, because he's done the hard work when he was younger. He's done the mobility. He's done the rehab. Totally. done the prehab, done all that, yep.
0: So, athletes that are, are, I get excited, and, and, again, like we mentioned this bloke in a, in a pot a bit, was, like, Tyler was a big one because you know tyler had to really fight hard to make the national team and he didn't have natural ability and he had he was hyper mobile one way as he said in a pod and wasn't really it was stiff the other way so he was a challenge but it was a good challenge and you know it was very satisfying to see him obviously reach his goal um you know aj was good to work with because he had his you know injuries and also with aj and you know, I know he's he's a he's a fan, but like you know, he emotionally he has some dramas, and you know, yeah. for him, it was there for him to be there for as a support and just kind of um make sure he's mentally right so he can deal with his injury and, and be ready to play. So you know, he was really uh, you know, like I know he's listening and whatever. But I was really stoked with seeing him at World Champs. I thought he had like an unreal World Champs, and he put in a lot of work in his um not just his shoulder and rehab, but. Yeah. Uh, behind, and not, not many people know, but also behind the scenes, and his mental, you know, mm. work as well. So,
1: and when you work with the West Girls, so the Union New South Wales Girls, they also you saw them with a dramatic, dramatic increase in performance as well.
0: Yeah, no, that they were a great bunch of girls, you know. Again, and in in. <laughs> Tim's got a lot of raps in this pod, um, but you know he's done a really good job. with those girls, and this is
1: pretty much the Tim Hamble podcast this without got, him being here. I know.
0: Well, what's going to happen when he gets on? But one thing, um, so Tim, obviously Tim and I are good friends, and, and and you know, like Tim's trusted me a lot with a lot of teams. I um, I, I was kind of his strength conditioning or assistant coach with. So what I said before, when 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 your coach's philosophy is line and you're on the same page, it makes it much easier. But yeah, the West Girls were unreal to work with because um, they were just cane, you know, like, and, and I remember we did a few camps in Jarawa and day three, like, you know, they had a pretty hard loading sessions and, you know, it was, I remember one, it was windy and it wasn't nice, but they rocked up and we did it and, and you know, we did enough work and we made it fun. And, 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 and for me, again, Jimmy, like, um, it is about fun, like it's, I'm not a huge believer. Like you know, we had coaches in the past, and it was just about repetition and hammering you. And and I never liked those sessions. You know, like he, if you go back to the start, what I spoke about movement is I can I can trick you into moving and getting enough dose and 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 giving you what's um um what we need to do. What's what what what's not what's possible, but what's uh, what's necessary. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's like you know, and, and, and that's the truth, you know, like, I, I, you know, I'm still learning, like, I mean, be, it's been times when I train guys, and, and I thought, oh, this is a light session, and then you speak to them in the next session, they're cooked, and you're like, oh, that mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. good, yeah, like, uh, or, you know, like the times when I, other the way around, when I, I just didn't give enough intensity, and, 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 you know, going back to my, one of my core values is, it's always better to be undercooked than overcooked, so, I can easily fix you being undercooked, but, yeah, going back to answer your question with West Girls, it was enjoyable, but again, like the attitude and the culture was unreal. And you know, like again, to to give him a wrap, Tim's done a really good job with those girls when it comes to culture.
1: And I know you've you've, you've kind of covered this, but I want the soundbite for it. What makes a good athlete to work with?
0: Um, look, a- attitude. You know, like it's um, it's it's a cliche, but you know, the, the saying, attitude is contagious, is your attitude worth catching? Yep. You know, so, you know, like, one of the things I always ask everyone, that trains with me, is like, you know, like I always kind of chat to them, how are you going? But, it's, you know, like, I try to suss out if they, what their mental, you know, state of mind is. Um, if I sense they don't want to be here, you know, it makes it really hard to coach them, right? And, and look, the, that's fine because I think we're all emotional um um creatures so we're affected by emotions whether it's you know your family work girlfriend whatever news whatever so I think coaches need to take that into account but yeah I think attitude is number one um willingness to improve so being coachable uh, and just being open minded and the last thing I'll say is also like trusting the process as well um you know, as, as an athlete, you also got to ask questions. And from athlete athlete's point of view, like when I train someone, I'll always write a program. So if you ask me why are we doing this, I'll be able to explain it. Yep. So as an athlete, ask questions. Why are we doing this? You know, why Why do I have to do three sets of ten squats and it's hurting my back? How is that going to help my water polo type thing? So, um, and, you know, as a coach, you're not going to get insulted. And there's been times when, you know, athletes have asked me questions when i was like i actually didn't think of that and, and an example of that is like the question was why do we always do a gym first and then we go to the swim after you know and i was like remember an athlete asking me that and i was like oh, i don't know we just how we did it forever and
1: a lot of it came down to when pools were available yeah is it ideal no but that's when we kind of had it
0: but it was a good question <clears throat> yep. um
1: and, and I guess I'm going to now ask the flip side, which, you, again, you've kind of answered this, but, but what makes a difficult athlete? And I guess what I want to look at here is a lot of athletes, um, they turn up. They turn up to every session. They think they're doing the right thing. Um, they might think they've kind of got a good attitude. The attitude's not kind of the problem. But, but what makes a difficult athlete to work with?
0: I think, um, yeah, as you know, you, you, you said it earlier, having the purpose. So if you rock up to a session with no purpose and goals, you almost wasted a session. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, for both of us, someone that, uh, you know, we finished, well finished our water polo careers and, you know, I'll never forget when, when older guys tell you, like, enjoy this, you know, put in the work because it won't last forever. Mm. And at the time you like, whatever, like, you know, like, oh, I'll play water polo forever, Right. And now we're sitting here and I'm like, well, I'm saying it to other guys now. So, it's like, don't waste sessions. You know, like, it's one of the things I learned from martial arts when we do sparring and stuff. At a coach, they always says, you know, like, before you start a sparring session, pick one or two things you want to work on. Don't just go there, throw hands, get punched in the head yeah. with no purpose. Even if you get, you know, belted, but you worked on something, well, that's, that's, that's a good session. And it's related to the water polo, you know, work on work on what you need to work on to get better and we spoke about this i think in the first part about you know knowing your role in the team and and if you don't know to speak to your coach so you can makes it easier for you to know where you need to work and i think most of us you know what you need to work on you know
1: and i guess the other point i want to make on that is that with uh, especially a lot of junior athletes and a lot of junior athletes that have a lot of success when they're very young like I, i i'm made junior teams the whole way through my sort of junior playing and i was coached by european coaches from like age nine and ten there are times where i thought i knew everything so i'd turn up to training sessions and it would have a coach who was pouring out valuable information and i thought i knew everything a 15 16 year old kid who thought he knew everything about the sport because he got trained by a russian fella for a couple of weeks and thought he knew he knew everything and I look back on it and go, I must have been a shit to coach during those times because naturally I should have a curiosity and naturally I I think I do. But I I know when I look back at times that I'd turn up and and I think I'd know better. And it took me a long time and it took me a while to realise that actually every coach, every session, you learn something from if you're willing to listen and accept it.
0: Well, that's – and you spoke about um, uh, Langer – of possible, like, yeah. yeah, just like you know, you either quit or get better, mm. Mm. you know, and that, that's really something that stuck with me since mm. you said it, and or since he's well, he said it first, you, you stole it off him, so you should yeah, claim but it. I, but I told you, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's you know, like I mean, from an athlete's point of view, be a student of the game again, it's is much lasting, but learn, like you know, like. I wish we had YouTube when we were growing up. You know, like, we're just sort of starting, but you just so many games on YouTube right now. Yeah, how like, many
1: videotapes did you used to watch? Uh, uh, you froth on it and you only had about four or five. Yeah, totally. not watch
0: all of them. The 92 Barcelona final yeah. was the game that, like, was on. Mm-hmm. You know, you can... So, you know, like, I think become a student of a game and always listen. You don't need to listen to everyone, and then you sort of process why you might not agree with a particular thing but they have explanation and yeah. I think it comes from strength, strength conditioning like yeah. I have my opinions of particular styles of training but like I do think about it and, I, and if you ask me what the style is whatever I'll give you explanation why for me I don't think that's the right way and mm. I think as an athlete you've got to do the same thing so you got to you know be a student of the game listen to everyone if you don't click with a coach um, you know like we'll ask yourself why or you know understand why that what, what is that, that you don't click with or whatever? And then create your own sort of bit of philosophy and purpose. And from the coaching point of view, if I'm talking to coaches right now, you gotta be also approachable. Mm. You know, like I think that's one thing that coaches sometimes what is passed on by Europeans or whatever, like there's that thing like don't socialise with your athletes, don't like be approachable, be honest, don't bullshit your um your athletes, but be approachable, talk to them, have a conversation because you're gonna if, if, if you really, truly coach because you want to help someone and make them better, well then be honest with them. Don't tell them lies and that's what's going to help them.
1: You, you heard know. AJ talk about when when he didn't make teams, he'd ask coaches yeah. and he only got better because they told him why he didn't make it and what he needed to work on and to his credit he went away and worked on it and did it. But yeah.
0: no, That's a good example. I forgot about that but that's, yeah, that's exactly right. So... From if I you know for coaches that listen to this, be, you know, also be approachable and coachable as well. You know, you learn from the athletes as well. Yes, you do. Uh,
1: what sports? What sports do it well? In terms of, we, we talk a lot about tennis. We talk a bit about ba- baseball. We talk a bit about basketball. What sports do it well?
0: Yeah, I, I um, uh, I think tennis does it really well. Uh, tennis is different though because I mean. It's. I think the technology of tennis is um, is really advanced, and obviously tennis is individual sport, so it's a little bit different. But I think what tennis does well, because of the nature of the seasons and the nature of the sport, because you know it could be a, it's a power game, but it's endurance. Um, there's a lot more thought into the training, strength conditioning, and recovery, um, because you know they play so many games. Obviously, if you're in a... Top level athlete, you know, play four four Grand Slams, and you might, if you make it all the way to the second week, you you're doing some K's. Mm. So yeah. I, I love I love um I love you know watching tennis and analysis of tennis. I, I, I think it's a lot to learn.
1: I also love with tennis that they have to pivot and change. If they get knocked out in the first week of a tournament or the first round, then they're training straight away. They need to change what they're doing. But if they then go through to the second week, play deep into the second week, then that's a different mentality, and they constantly have to change, even from when they go on court. Not nah, totally. You, know, you don't have a set game time. It's not like at four, f- at um, seven o'clock at night, you walk down the catwalk, you get introduced to the crowd, and you jump in the water and play. No, nah. you might be waiting around, sitting in a change room for six hours.
0: Not nah, totally, and at, and you know the mental part of it as well. You know, like just how mentally strong you need to be resilient to play their sport. Yeah. Um. UFC, UFC is something that, um, I mean, I like, I always like combative sports, but UFC, I think I pay attention to because if you think of an MMA athlete, they need to work on uh, the striking, they need to work on their grappling, they need to work on the conditioning, um, and also got a strategy, but on top of that, they need to keep themselves healthy Um so it's like the, the the science and research has gone into the USC they call them PI centers, Performance Institute centers is amazing. Um, and again, like most elite elite um, bodies, uh, there's so much thought in recovery. Um, and recovery, so like we bang on a recovery a lot. And I just want to make a point: recovery is like, why do athletes take steroids? You take steroids to recover quicker, so you can train more, mm-hmm. right? So you shouldn't be taking steroids i'm not encouraging that like but your steroids natural steroids, your sleep nutrition cold baths meditation and that, and that's what a lot of young nutrition athletes getting
1: the right food into at the right totally. time
0: yeah like and we'll give you an example as well like you produce 85% of your human growth hormones is produced in your sws slow wave sleep your deep sleep essentially now um, you basically your body will always prioritize your REM sleep, so your uh, rapid eye movement sleep, which is basically your mind in the simple terms. Your body will always uh, give that attention first. Then we'll go into a deep sleep. So if you're also going in bed late, so if you're not going to bed, um, if you're going to bed like you know, 11 o'clock or whatever like the, the, the time um, that you waste of going to bed you're missing out on a deep sleep. So your body will prioritise your REM sleep, your memory, your brain, and basically will not pay attention to your deep sleep. So you're basically missing out on 85% of your hormone growth hormone to grow, build muscle uh, just by messing around with your sleep. If you drink booze, that's going to mess around with your sleep. If you eat heaps of sugar before you go to bed, it's going to mess around with your sleep. So there's all these things that most of us are kind of doing without um, not even, you know, like paying, you know, not even realising that, It's so easy to fix and you can improve your performance within four weeks. You'll notice a massive difference, you know. uh, Not being on your phone before you go to bed, you know, that's going to destroy your sleep as well.
1: If you could work with any athlete, any sport, who would it be and why?
0: Ah, great question. Mate, so I'm saying before, um, judge me by my worst athlete rather than my best athlete. And maybe this bit of a cop out, I'd love to work with – from non water polo, yep. Kyrios. Yep. We'll love to work with him. I think and we are tennis fans here. I think Nick is it's probably listening to this. He would Um too. I think Nick's possesses obviously very talented. Uh, he's got an amazing serve.
1: And he's back, we like Nick again, don't
0: we? We, we he's, back. he's back. Yeah, after yeah. bushfires he's back. Bushfires is back. But I think Nick's unfit. Yep. You know, like and I think I look at what he does and I pay attention to him is like a lot of stuff he does is kind of when he does train he doesn't you know, to put in. So he's good enough. His serve, his talent, is good enough to get him to round three. But then he just doesn't have the well, wheels.
1: Well, says it every time he commentates. Every time he commentates, he goes, "He just doesn't have the legs. He doesn't have the legs to go deep into the tournament. Well, every tournament."
0: Now, relates to water polo, I know we asked me about athletes, mm-hmm. but, like, the reason why you need to be conditioned, when you have to play in the tournaments, when you play back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, you'll be sweet for first three games. Yep. But if you're not conditioned, you haven't done the right training, this is when you will fall off and you cause injury and all the rest of it. So but That's
1: the pointy end of a tournament. Exactly that's right. It's your semifinal, quarterfinal, semifinals, Which final. That's when you matters. should be playing at your peak, right? Yeah. So,
0: look, I love to work with Nick. Uh, in terms of water polo athletes... Um, I don't know. I can't think of anyone. Um, I don't
1: need to name any (laughs) underperformers. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Apart
1: from Connor Martin. Um, No, Connor's been good. (laughs) He's good. good. Uh, Okay, I've only got a couple more questions. What are some key tips that you've learnt from athletes that you've worked with? All right. So you always say that you're learning from athletes. What are big things that you've kind of gone light bulb moment from an athlete that you've worked with. And you've worked with some pretty pretty big high-profile athletes. You've worked with footballers. You've worked with um, the top Australian water polo players. A couple of top
0: tips. Um, look, I think, um, so from NRL players, um, and so some of the water polo players that i worked with, like, again, ones that have the bigger names, like as in AJ's and... and uh, um, but probably I learned from NRL was um, being present. Um, so what I mean by that is, um, um, and it probably relates to a lot of things, but like um, um, if you make a mistake, so if you make a mistake, and this could relate to water polo uh, in a game, training, programming, whatever, work, work whatever, it's, it's done. So it's like, what is the next stage? What is the next thing to do to basically play on, recover, rather than keep thinking about it? And, you know, like I, I, I'm i going to drop names. Like Mitchell Pierce is someone I work with and he sort of, you know, spoke a lot about like when he makes a mistake, when he knocks on the ball or whatever. Instead of going, oh, I knocked it on. Well, it's like, okay, it's done. Defense. Where am I defending next? So his next train of thought is like, right, I'm defending a defender now. I'm moving in here. So, that so, so defend, straight away... The
1: best teams in any sport are the ones that defend well, right? Yeah. And, re- and recover. Recover from mistakes. Like, you look at the defensive game in tennis of Djokovic, like, that transforms well, yeah. the way that tennis played. He makes a mistake in attack, but then he recovers for it. The best teams recover and scramble well. The roosters.
0: And, and yeah, like, and that's the thing. Like, it, it, you know, again, to use Djokovic in and, and tennis, it's like, you never see him smash the racket too many times. You know, it just kind of seems to kind of transition from whether it's a good thing, bad thing, or if it's a good, good, you keep mm. going, right? Mm. Um, there was a thing, um, I can't remember, there was one of the American coaches spoke about it. it, did look at a lot of stats in America and kind of like just what, what happens in a game. So, for example, the probability of someone that scores a goal them getting kicked out the next play is very high. It's like 80%, especially if they're playing the centre-back. Mm-hmm. So they learn, you know, like, and so as a coach, you go, well, if that's a chance, like, if you scored a goal and you're my centre-back, I'm going to pull you out straight off the bat. Mm. Like, But any farm as an athlete and I know this, it's always like, okay, well, I just scored a goal, it's done, my attack mm. is done, great thing, positive, yeah. I've got to refocus on defence like nothing just said. like, you're almost going to re- erase what just happened and, you know, concentrate on the next job, which could be a defence or whatever. So it doesn't have to be negative. It and could be also th- positive, that's positive. the
1: best thing about water polo. Straight after a goal, you can reset. Whether mm. you're going from you've just been scored against or just scored a goal, you reset, you come back to the halfway line and you can reset and readjust.
0: Yeah, so I think that, yeah, like, um, um, yeah, just, I guess you asked me what, what I learned, is probably that, just kind of like, not getting caught on things and just kind of going from just knowing what the next play is, I guess, and just, you know, changing, not being stuck, being present in what's going on rather than being stuck in the past where that's a mistake or a good thing even. So,
1: Yeah, I think we've done a pretty good job of going through the, the importance of a strength and conditioning program within a water polo structure and a water polo program. What are kind of the last things that you want people to, to go away with? What do you want? I know we've talked a lot about just enjoying what you do. We've talked a lot about making sure that the mobility is there to make sure that you're not loading up too much. What's the kind of the last outtake that you want people to take from this?
0: So two things I want to say. Number one, I want this pod and uh, people to write more emails, questions about it to be more specific. Yeah. Second thing, uh, that – the three things from strength conditioning point of view that I sort of learn and I guess I would recommend, if you want to improve your power, improve your game in a gym, not in a, in a pool, the three things you want to be working on is, number one, mobility. Mobility is the king. And we'll, we'll have a – I think we should have another part of it talk about mobility and be more specific about it, why it's important. Um, so mobility, grip strength. So things like hanging over the chin-up bar, doing chin-ups, farmer carries, just building your strength. Like, you know, they talk about farmer strong. So being being strong in the wrestle when someone grabs you, like that's such an easy way to be strong in the game by improving your grip. And the last thing I, I want to say for core, for, like for power, focus on resisting rotation exercises versus producing rota- rotation exercises and I will stay away from stuff that compresses your spine. So I'll give you four things. Yep. Um, so um, mobility, the king, ankle, hip, uh, T-spine with purpose, uh, grip strength through pull-ups, chin-ups, pharma carries, just you know, traditional grip strength training, um, and a resisting rotation where it's like you might be uh, doing a, a plank and you take one... Um, one hand off the ground, so you have to resist your hips or gravity pulling your hips. Or so if you're doing TRX one arm rows, you're going to resist um, the rotation. You'll, you'll feel it straight away. um And then the last thing um is uh, not, compressing not compressing the spine. This, this yep. is good. We'll let yep. this one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: good. Yep. Uh, we haven't had much story time tonight.
0: I oh, know, it's been about zero, but we said it was going to be zero. Um,
1: Can you tell us your Richard Branson story?
0: <laughs> Is this appropriate for the pod? Which one
1: are you talking about?
0: Which one are you talking about? The photo. The photo with Richard?
1: Yeah. The
0: photo with Richard. We're not
1: going to get story time tonight.
0: Which photo are you talking about?
1: Well, you made him take a photo of you.
0: Oh, staff photo when he got slapped. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll tell it. Tell it later. Tell it later. I'll tell it later. Yeah. Sorry, we'll yeah. cliffhanger.
0: We'll be good, um,
1: mate. Marin, thank you. I've really enjoyed hearing all about sort of philosophies on strength and conditioning. This can there's a lot of really actionable things in there. Lots of tips that people can take and and apply straight away. Whether it's um, a routine that they can look at doing now, whether it's um, some programming that they can introduce into their team or personally, I think there's a lot there and they couple that with some of the actually looking at some of the videos that you've actually put on the Instagram um, I think there's a really solid program there
0: nah thanks mate thanks for our questions and obviously pretty stoked to share this and as I said um, please you know we want to have fun on this pod and we had some fun but I also want to provide some value as well and I want to help pool community I think we didn't make this public but purpose and objective of this pod is to kind of help the waterpool community our mission um,
1: increase awareness and get people moving better yeah so
0: um, yeah please ask questions I know a few water polo stokers have asked some questions and we I keep forgetting to check all the DMs so sorry about that but uh, yeah send a um, picture We oh, our website's live yep. as well
1: waterpolo.fit
0: oh yeah that's right waterpolo.fit uh, is live so you can also write an email there as well and we'll get to it and potentially if you get enough questions we can answer those as well but Obviously, love to help and not just from what I learned, but what well, both of us made mistakes as well. So, um,
1: and most of the stuff we talked about today, we'll put links into the show notes. We'll do our best, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you.